your endocrine system is situated right around the body, and it's actually considered like an orchestra. If one gland goes out, it's going to affect the rest of the glands. We actually know this is the hormonal system, okay? Hormones. Okay, in the brain here, you have two glands. You've got the pituitary gland. Can you read this? And you've got the hypothalamus. And they are interlinked. You can't really separate them. They lock into each other. The hypothalamus feeds into the central nervous system. The pituitary feeds into the endocrine system. So we call it the... Um, Neuroendocrine connection. It's to do with the central nervous system and the hormonal system. And, and here we have, this is what we call the managing director. I'm just making this up, but it like controls the endocrine system. And this is a bit like the chairman, okay? Or the chairperson, if you want to be politically correct. Uh, but they can't, you can't really separate them. They work together. So this controls the central nervous system. And anything that affects it, like stress, will affect the pituitary gland. So stress, we know, has an effect on the hormonal system. Now, your pituitary gland is involved in a whole lot of different things, and so is your hypothalamus. Let's take a look at some of the things that they're involved in. <clears throat> and I remember a lot of them, and one of them I know, the pituitary gland actually initiates birth. If you're about to go and have labor, into labor, if you go into premature labor, you could find the pituitary glands not working as well as it should, for example. If you can't breastfeed, uh, the pituitary gland is not working as well as it should. So let's take a look at some of the things that it's involved in. It is involved in the production of growth hormone and anabolic steroids. Now, production of growth hormones. Growth hormones makes you grow taller as a child. And as an adult, if you're not producing enough growth hormones, funnily enough, you're actually overweight if you don't produce enough. So we want our bodies to produce more growth hormone. And things like exercise and sleep help to regulate things like growth hormone. So if, we, if we're working really hard and we're stressing over here and we're not getting enough sleep, you could find you start to put on weight even though you're not actually eating much more or you might even be eating less or your hormonal system goes out of balance. So it can affect anything. Remember the pituitary glands, the managing director, so it's going to have a knock-on effect of all the other glands that we're looking at, right? So it also does things like it mobilizes fats, it spares glucose, uh, it promotes lactation, initiates labor, stimulates the kidneys to reabsorb water. So it's multi-purpose here. We've got it's involved in kidneys, reproduction, reproduction, it's involved in water balance in the body. And here's an interesting thing. When a woman is going through menopause, She'll have things like hot flushes. And it's such a fascinating thing, these hot flushes. We'll just say, that's it. You're going through menopause, that's it. And, and, the, and the reason you, your hormonal system becomes so incredibly more sensitive, as we go along, you'll see this, is that the adrenal glands that handle stress and a whole lot of other things, like blood sugar, have now had to take over from the ovaries and in men, the testes, because they produce the same hormones. So now the adrenal glands are having to work overtime because now they're doing, performing, they're having to produce more of these other hormones. 
And so what happens is, and, and then your pituitary gland will be affected because the adrenal glands are under stress. The minute that your, your, your body becomes mildly dehydrated, you start to get hot. And the start of a hot flush, very often, it's not always the case, but as you get, as you get older and you go through menopause, you'll, you'll, you'll notice, and I've seen this trend and I've spoken to a lot of women about it, dehydration is one of the main causes of hot flushes. If you just drink enough water, you're likely to have much less of a hot flush or none whatsoever. So keep yourself hydrated, okay? The other thing that makes causes of hot flushes, and we'll get back to this as well, is every time your bladder is full or your bowels are full and they need to be emptied, you'll also your body temperature will go, back, go up because the hormonal system is involved in the way your bladder and your bowels empty. Remember, he has a kidney function, water levels. It all has to do with things like urinating. So the minute the hormonal system is not working as efficiently as it... Well, it's working efficiently, but it's just having to do a little bit of extra work now because the ovaries are not working as well as they used to because they kind of got to the end of their lifespan. You're not going to have babies anymore. And so everything starts to change. You don't menstruate anymore, and it's a whole process the body goes through. And it's nothing to be scared of. It's actually a very liberating process as a woman. Man is never having a menstrual period again. It's wonderful, ladies. Seriously, it is. And you save an awful lot of money. Okay, it's probably why older women can travel so much. They've got all the spare money and time now, okay? So, if we start to recognize this thing with hot flushes being... I must drink some water, or I need to go to the bathroom. It's amazing. And very often women get hot flushes in the middle of the night, very often because they're dehydrated. It's one of the reasons to start reducing your salt intake. And at this point, I could actually put in an advert and say, use our salts because they contain more herbs and spices and a lot less salt than a normal salt. But that's the kind of thing that you could do. It doesn't mean you have to give up using salt altogether. I haven't. I don't add any salt to my food anymore. I try not to because I know that I get dehydrated quickly and then I get slightly hot. I can feel it. I'm getting hot and then I drink some water and it goes away. It's actually uncanny. All right, so getting back, that's just the pituitary gland. So it's involved in all of this stuff. Then we got also in the brain, we have a gland called... Drink <coughs> some water... Whenever I talk about water, I get thirsty. It's the weirdest thing. <clears throat> Can you read the green? Can you see it? All right, here we've got the pineal gland. Pineal gland. Pineal gland is a little gland. Actually, if you sort of drilled a hole in here where in some eastern pictures you'd have a third eye here, I think that's why they did this. They figured out, they looked at human bodies and seen there's a little gland there and it became the third eye. <clears> there's <throat> a little gland, if you drill through there and down here, you'd have a little gland behind the eyes actually called the pineal gland. And the pineal gland, some people call it the pineal gland, they pronounce it different, differently. I say pineal just because it feels comfortable for me. doesn't mean that's what it is. Your pineal gland produces two neurotransmitters called melatonin and serotonin. Now, you've all heard of serotonin. If you've heard of depression and Prozac and antidepressants, you've all heard of, of serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that makes you feel really happy. And we make it for free every time we go and spend time in the sun, for example. When you spend time in the sun, that pineal gland regulates melatonin and serotonin. And melatonin, when you're producing enough, makes you sleepy and makes you sleep well. 
And one of the things that women, as they get older, for example, may do is spend less time outside because now they're very conscious about how I'm getting older and I've got lines around my mouth and lines around my eyes. I don't want to spend any time in the sun. So they tend to spend, and of course, we've got more money as you get older, generally speaking. So you can afford fancy sunglasses in every shade. I, I had um, went to Johannesburg, Pretoria, actually, a couple of weeks ago. Um, to meet a f up with a friend of mine, and I posted her shoes on Facebook. Some of you may have seen them. 18 pairs of Halston sandals on a special table in her bedroom. And I tease her all the time because she's, I call her a puppy. She lives in Pretoria, and she has bling things. And she's totally committed to a healthy lifestyle, but she's a bling shopper, okay? She loves shiny things. She loves pretty things. And why am I going down this line? Because <clears throat> I'm talking about sunglasses. Okay, Joan has the best sunglasses with diamante thingies over here. And she said to me, I'm not putting my sunglasses on. But now, on the day that I arrived there, she had this outfit. It was stunning. It was a cream, um, royal blue, and lime green stripes. She had this knitted dress that was very fitted and looked stunning. <clears throat> she had a handbag to match it with the same stripes and the green on it. She had shoes with wedges in them with the same stripes on it with a touch of green somewhere on them, the blue and the cream. I, I couldn't believe that she could. And then she had the scarf and she was telling me the whole story how she was just walking in Woolies and she saw it right there in the blue stripes and the cream and the green. And I'm like looking at her and thinking, I admire somebody who's so put together all the time. Am I, you know, I've got to go and make sure my hands are clean before I shake people's hands because I've either got mushrooms stuck under my nails from working in the kitchen or I've got mud from working in the garden. And I'm happiest walking around in boots in the middle of winter. In fact, I could wear them in summer if it was just not so damn hot. I love my gum boots because I can just walk through anything and on everything. And I don't have to worry about stuff getting on my nails and all my nails painted. I never paint my nails because the minute I put the paint on, I'll go and kick something and chip it off. I just cannot keep nail varnish on me at all. Anyway, so... Why I was talking about it is the sunglasses. I happened to be wearing a pair of lime green sunglasses, which I was only wearing because my grandson bought them. They're really cool shape. They're sort of traditional, like a Ray-Ban flying glass shape, but they were this lime green, and they were just funky and funny, and it kind of matched the wall at the back there. I thought it was kind of cute. <coughs> Didn't go with anything I own. I actually had to give her my sunglasses because... She looked at me and she said, I need those sunglasses. I looked at the sunglasses. I said, you know, you do, actually. You can have them. And I don't have any sunglasses. Joan, however, must have at least 15 pairs. I thought to myself this morning when I got in the car, damn, I didn't want to give those sunglasses away, but they really looked amazing on her. She has the right wardrobe, okay? Anyway, so getting to this whole thing, as we get older, we wear more sunglasses because we can afford more, like Joan. She can afford lots of sunglasses, which is not such a smart thing to do because we need the natural light when we go outside because light can't bend around sunglasses. UV rays bend at right angles. They can't squiggle around glasses. So any glasses or contact lenses you wear block sunlight from actually regulating melatonin and serotonin. So very often when we go through menopause, we have these sleeping problems. Now the sleeping problems can be related to anything because sleep is controlled by the hormonal system. So we need sunlight, okay? We need UV rays to make this pineal gland work properly. We need to have that, okay? So remember that. 
We need sunlight. It doesn't mean you must stare at the sun. It doesn't mean you must spend hours in peak midday sun. You can wear a hat. It's far more gracious as you get older and more cuter, I think, to wear a hat than it is to wear sunglasses, but that's your choice. At least when I wear the hat, I'm protecting myself from the intense heat, but I'm not blocking those important rays away from my eyes. So it's important. And I do sleep better. I've dealt with... I remember my daughter Melissa had her daughter Faith in the middle of winter was pouring with rain and she was snuggled up inside and after about two weeks of being inside in the rain, she was depressed. I mean, she was ready to like jump off the edge of the world. She was really in a bad way. And I said to her, Melissa, you need to come for a walk outside. No, I don't want to go anywhere. It's cold. I said, I'm not interested. I'm taking your baby and you're coming with me right now. And I bullied her into taking me down to the beachfront with me we went down there and I said, now you're going to walk. I don't feel like walking. I just want to go home. I said, you are walking because I know that you need to walk. Now, walking is very important because it's exercise. And exercise, we know, regulates at least 18 hormones. So when you want to take something for hormones, the most important thing you can take for hormones at the top of the list would be exercise, okay? Exercising for 20 minutes a day or more helps to regulate the hormones in your body. So if you've got any health problems anything. You can find that just by exercising and being outside in natural light will change it. I'm telling you that 10 minutes into this walk, she lifted her head up and she said, Mom, this feels good. 15 minutes, Mom, I'm feeling a lot better. 20 minutes, thanks so much, Mom, this is exactly what I needed. And from that point on, she knew that she had to actually get outside because not only was she miserable, her baby was miserable. She was just crying for no reason. She was fed, she was dry, she was cuddled, she just cried. She got into the sun and we figured it out one day when Melissa brought her out, I was mowing the lawn and I said, bring that baby pouch, put her in there. Put her in the baby pouch, I mowed the lawn and it was 10 minutes into that mow, she stopped immediately hearing the lawn mower. She couldn't scream louder than the lawn mower, but she was fast asleep. She needed light, she needed fresh air, she needed to be outside. So even baby sleep is improved. We all think the hormonal system only has to do with women. But in fact, if your hormonal system doesn't work as a child, you'd never grow. It controls growth and development of the skeleton, the lungs, the kidneys, the heart, the brain. Everything is controlled by the hormonal system and anything can upset it, okay? So we're just getting to the pineal gland there. Right. <clears throat> We then have the thyroid gland. Now, the thyroid gland is... Have we got a nice red pen somewhere? No. Nope. Let's go here. Thyroid gland is this butterfly-shaped gland. Good thing about having a mic is I can talk to you with my back to you, and you can still hear me. Your thyroid gland. Now, this is a really important gland. It can cause a whole host of problems if it's not working properly, okay? And it depends on your genetic weak spot. If you have a genetic weak spot, you may have problems having babies or breastfeeding them, problems with water levels over here. You could have problems with your libido. Over here, you could have problems with mental clarity. And this is what very often goes when women go through menopause or at any time in the year of their lives. Your head starts to feel really fuzzy and you just feel like you can't access information. And, and people say, I'm, I think I'm suffering from senile dementia. I can't remember anything. I can't, what's that word again? What's that person's name? I remember my grandmother getting to a point and everybody was, what's his name? What's his name and the thingy-majig? She couldn't remember anything. <clears throat> we used to laugh at her. 
until I found myself saying the same thing and found that by changing my diet and my lifestyle, mental clarity improved dramatically. Out of all the things that have changed for me, getting healthy has been mental clarity. I had the fuzziest head I could ever imagine. It was like I lived in this fog, and every now and again, the clouds would lift, and I have a moment of brilliance, and then the clouds would come down again, and I'd be sort of muddling through life. If I think back on college, on school, it was like Jeanette was the only one that could figure out what was going on, actually. The rest of us were in this fog. I don't know what you were doing, but I, I was in this complete fog. I could never find, I had this, I used to have these terrible dreams that I could never find the classroom, and I never could write the exam, and I could never, it was just like, I could never find what I was supposed to be doing because I lived in this fog. <clears throat> Changing my diet, huge difference. I've always exercised. Change in diet. For me, the number one thing was refined sugar. Refined sugar hammers the endocrine system. I don't care who you are or what you say. Everything that, uh, that refined sugar does to the body will upset the hormonal system on one level or another. And I was a sugarholic. For me, it was one of the hardest things until I discovered I could eat as much fruit as I wanted to. Fresh fruit does nothing to me. It only helps the endocrine system work even better. Okay? Mental clarity. Okay, Metabolism. Water levels again. Appetite. Bowels. Bowels. Can't spell. Bowels. What have I left out here? So if you're constipated, this, this, this thyroid gland's not working. If your brain is fuzzy, it's not working properly. If your metabolism is too fast or too low, slow, that's not working properly. If you're, not retain, if you're retaining water or you're dehydrated regularly, that's not working properly. If your appetite's out of control or you have no appetite. Ooh, muscle tone. Muscle tone. You can go to the gym like I used to go to the gym and work out for hours and do those calf raises. I could just never get calf muscles. Never. And now when I ride my bike, and I haven't been riding that long, really, only since we've been riding with Sumeri and Claire have we been riding seriously. I mean, we, I bought a bicycle nearly 30 years ago. Mark and I bought bicycles. I've just replaced that bicycle. That's how serious we were about cycling. And it's still on the lowest level of the rung of bicycles. You know, it's not like the top of the range bike. And I'm really enjoying it. And I have my husband cycling behind me saying, your mu <coughs> muscles, your calf muscles are looking amazing. <coughs> Sorry. You've got to edit out those things. Must I start again? Your calf muscles look amazing. I keep repeating it because I can't believe it. I never had any calf muscles. I have better muscle tone when I'm close to 60 than I've ever had in my entire life. I really do. I never had good muscle tone. I was always constipated, but I was constipated to the point where, yes, I had a bowel movement every day, but it wasn't comfortable. I used to have to read a book and stay in there for an hour. Um, <clears throat> My metabolism, I come from a family where all the women are overweight. Over 30, everybody's overweight. So the metabolism was like a big thing in our family. So clearly for me, this was a problem. I didn't realize just how bad it was until as I got older, I found that most of the women in our family were on th thyroid medication. And I'm probably one of the few who's not. Okay, so... Thyroid it can be a big problem. Dry skin. Dry skin is an indication. Your skin too oily. Anything goes wrong with the skin, you can look at the thyroid. But very often, dry skin, cracked heels, that kind of thing 
is indicative that the thyroid gland's not work, wearing, working properly. There's a lot of things. Cold hands and feet. Oh, my word. I remember when we got married. I mean, I was barely 19 when we got married, okay? So I was young, and I wasn't pregnant, okay? The baby came nearly two and a half years later. I think when I left college and got married, they thought she's got to be pregnant. It was a long two and a half year pregnancy. Anyway, <clears throat> getting to, where were you? What were you talking about? Uh, cold feet and hands, circulation of blood, okay? <clears throat> One of the things that struck Mark was when we got into bed at night, he could not handle how cold my feet were. He'd say to me, it's summer, your feet shouldn't be that cold. Something's not right. I always had cold hands and feet. You can ask Mark now, I never have cold hands and feet. My hands used to get so cold that this middle finger would go completely blue. It just doesn't do that anymore. On the coldest day, we can go up and look at the snow in series, I still don't get cold hands and feet because my thyroid gland is working better than it's ever worked. All right, so we're old. Muscle strength, uh, the ability to fight infection, so it's involved in immune function. So if you're sick all the time, and you've got colds and flu, you can find that the thyroid gland may not be working properly. Now, the interesting thing about the thyroid gland, that really upsets it. And this is one of the reasons why I'm not pro a high-protein diet. And a high-protein diet is eating animal protein more than once a day, bigger than the size of the palm of your hand. If you're eating animal protein more than that, and you have a problem in the thyroid, or it's a genetically weak spot for you, chances are you could develop thyroid problems. You may not even have genetic predisposition. You may develop thyroid problems. Because the thyroid doesn't cope well with a diet that's high in animal protein. It's one of the things that physiologically, when you look at different um, glands and organs in the body, and you see how they respond to high-protein diets, you can see that the human body was never designed for a high-protein diet, just based on that. You can understand why the Maasai and the Inuits or the Eskimos don't live well past the age of 50. They don't, they're not likely to live past that age. And if they do, they're not well at all. Um, there's actually a couple that comes and every now and again they come out from Cape Town and they, they have a property in the Maasai Reserve in Kenya and they are Kenyans, and they both complete radical vegans. And I said, so what can you tell me about the Messiah? And they said, they are the sickest people you will ever meet. I said, well, <clears throat> that's a slam dunk. Take that one, people that are high in protein, and I'm not trying to prove that I'm right. I'm really concerned. Somebody said to me tonight, there's somebody who's got friends who are on high-protein diets. One's had a nervous breakdown, other one's kidney problems. You can share those stories later on if you want to. I get them all the time. People come to me and they say, I'm constipated, I'm suffering from depression, and I've known them for years, and I say, have you changed your diet? And they say, yes, I have. I say, what are you doing? And that's, I'm having yogurt and cheese for breakfast, and I'm having chicken for lunch and fish for supper. I say, are you eating any fruit? No, it's too high in carbs. You're on a high-protein diet. No, I'm not. I'm on a high-fat diet. I say, you're on a high-protein diet. <coughs> if you go off it, the depression will go and the constipation will go. Okay? Right, so if you want to mess up your thyroid gland, there's a couple of things. Don't put the right fats in your body, which is plant fats. Have continual chronic stress. What is chronic stress? Chronic stress is day in and day out. You could be miserable in your job. You could be totally unhappy in your home life. And I'm not telling you to run away from your family or you know, get divorced or anything like that. 
But if there's continual stress, very often the stress is self-inflicted because we worry about stuff all the time. Uh, Dale Carnegie had the best advice for worry. How to stop worrying and start living in his, the book he wrote. The number one way to stop worrying and start living is to pray. pray. And I know that for a fact. Because the minute that I start to worry about something, I'll pray about it. And it's like this huge weight rolls off. Now, you can say there's no God, and that's entirely up to you. But as I said to my friend Donna White, who's the artist that paints a lot of those big pictures, uh, the one with the avocado green nude woman from the back, she was eating an avocado and painted it green because it looked so sensual. <clears throat> she lives in the UK now, and she said, no, I can't buy into this God thing. She said, I've got family members who sprout things about God, and they live really bad lives. I said, you can't look at what other people do. You've got to look at what God created. You can't deny that there's a creator out there when you just look at trees and grass, and you see how, they, how our bodies heal themselves. And We had this whole discussion. I said, hey, you know, Donna, let's, let's leave it at this. I believe in a higher power, I believe in a, a God, and I believe that I know him and he knows me. I said, you know, it really, really helps me in this life. It helps me to not worry, for one. It helps me with a lot of other things. So if I die today or tomorrow or next year and there's no God, what have I lost? I've had a better quality of life because I can speak to this God who maybe never existed. However... If I die and there is a God, I really score big time and you lose out. So I'm not going to take the chance that there is not a, and say there's no God. I mean, there are days where you think there can't be a God because such bad things happen to good people or my life is really tough or something like that. But honestly, stress needs to be managed. A relationship with a higher power, the one thing that came across in all those communities that live so long, where the people live over the age of 100, they all believe in a higher power, all of them. Now, some are Catholic and some are Seventh-day Adventist and I think of the Japanese, some of them are Shintoists, but they all believe in a higher power. It's an interesting thing, very interesting thing. Uh, what are the other things that we need to be doing to manage stress? If I'm stressed, I need to go for a walk. It's the first thing I do. I need to go for a walk. I've got to take the dogs for a walk. In the wind, I'm going to walk. And I say to Mark, you can come with me or not come with me. I'm going for a walk. I sometimes can feel like my head starts to feel jittery inside. And I say to Mark, my brain is telling me to go for a walk. And he looks at me strangely and gets up and comes for a walk. But he knows that if I don't go for a walk at that time, I can just start to get really ratty or irritable. And that's a good sign that the hormonal system is needing that walk. So there's no way around this exercise thing. Your body's designed to exercise. It's the most powerful tool we have against things like depression, stress. But remember, it regulates at least 18 different hormones in the body. It doesn't make sense to go and take an artificial hormone to sort your health out <clears throat> when exercise will do it for free and no bad side effects. Exercise only has good side effects unless you're doing crazy exercise like jumping up and down and spinning on bikes for two hours on end and sweating and falling off the bike from exhaustion. We're not talking about that. We're talking about moderate, regular exercise. The interesting thing, and yes, I ride a bicycle and we're going into the Argus with Sumeri and Claire. The interesting thing about these longest living communities, by the way, is that none of them do any formal exercise. They all grow their own food. They all work physically in fields. They all go for walks regularly. They're very physically active. They actually interviewed this guy in Loma Linda. 
They say Bob is 92 years old and he's putting up his own fence. He says, I'm doing this because it saves me money and the builder guy wanted to charge me so much and I don't want to pay him. And then it says, as can be expected, Bob was found the next day in surgery and they show this man being operated on. And then the voice says, except that Bob wasn't being operated. Bob, at 92, was actively still involved in surgery. And there he is operating on somebody in the surgery. At 92. I would like to have the control of my hands, my brains, my bowel and my bladder, and my belly for that matter, at that age. Okay. So, your thyroid gland is controlled in a whole lot of different things, okay? The parathyroid glands are four little glands that sit around the thyroid and they control calcium levels in the body and protect you from getting osteoporosis or losing calcium from your jaw. And the first sign that you're losing calcium from your skeleton is that you have dental decay. Everybody's on about brushing teeth and I have no problem with brushing teeth. I do brush my teeth, okay? <clears throat> Just in case you don't think I brush my teeth. I brush my teeth. But if... if uh, you understand that dental decay does not come from inside the mouth, most of it. Most of it is coming from the jaw. Because the jaw has lost calcium, starts to draw out of the teeth. It's the first sign. So, so when somebody says, no, we want to see if you've lost any bone density, we want to take a sample out of your hip, and they punch you with this, I mean, this thing. They literally take out a piece of bone out of your hip. It's actually a terrible thing. I don't know whether they still do it and it's that painful, but if you want to know if you're losing calcium from your, your skeleton, do you have any dental decay? Here's the interesting thing. I hope this thing doesn't break. Here's the interesting thing. From when Mark and I changed our diet to a 75% alkaline-forming diet, and I'd been on high-protein diets, and I'd been on Mayo Clinic diets, and I'd been on, oh my word, every diet under the sun out there just to try and lose a couple of kilograms, from when we changed to a 75% alkaline-forming diet, mainly plant-based diet, Mark and I, dental decay stopped. Now, we've had fillings replaced. We've had teeth that were basically entirely a filling break in our mouths. Um, not many of those. I think I had one of those. But we've had no new dental K, literally, in the last 25 to 30 years since we changed our diet. And my life before that, Mark has... Seven teeth missing out of his mouth from dental decay. And I have also about that amount missing. Doesn't look like it because they're so crowded. Um, <clears throat> but nothing, no more tooth loss or decay from that point on. So that shows that we must be doing following the right diet because there's no more dental decay. That's one sign for us, okay? All right, so... We then get to the adrenal glands. Now, your adrenal glands sit on top of the kidneys. And I had to draw the kidneys down over here. And on top of them is this little almond-sized gland called the adrenal glands. And in the old days, we would say they produced, a, produced adrenaline and noradrenaline. Today, we say it's epinephrine and norepinephrine. But it's like just when we started figuring out what's going in the body, people go and change the names. They change the name of diseases and give them other names, and then they say that one was eradicated. And then they call it something else. We won't go down that line, down that uh, dark tunnel. All right, now your adrenal glands are unbelievable, okay? Your adrenal glands produce all 
the hormones that your testes or your ovaries do. So when you get to a certain age and they start to get a bit tired, the adrenal glands take over. However, if your life is still very stressful going through menopause, and that's the problem today. You look at movie stars out there and business people, man, they're right in the middle of things. I was just looked at something, uh, Mark was watching something with Paul McCartney, one of the ex-Beatles. He's in his 70s. His wife is in her mid-50s, his new wife, his third wife. And she looks really young, but she's like a president of some transport company in America, and she's actively involved in business, and she travels around the world. And, and so you look at, they say 50 is the new 40, and some people saying it's the new 30, and 60 is the new 40, and or this whole thing. So we, we mentally and physically involved in business and raising kids. A lot of people have children older these days, so we may have small children. I have friends, Mark's best friend from school has the same, a child the same age as our grandson. So a lot of people our ages are actually raising children, little children still. So you're going through all of that sort of stressful time and you're still involved in business and now you go through menopause. In the olden days, women going through menopause were grandmothers and they were retired or they, you know, they were at home and there wasn't all the stress. So a woman quietly went through menopause and she just simply stopped menstruating and that was the end of the story. Now we go through it, we gain weight, we get, feel like we're losing our minds. Very often, if there's going to be a crisis in a marriage, it will happen when the woman's going through menopause. I never forget one of the churches we were involved in, the woman, the, the pastor's wife, and several other women that she knew in other churches were all in their mid-50s going through the menopause. And it was the weirdest thing to watch. Just one after the other, these marriages were falling apart. And people were saying things like, oh, Lindy lost her mind and ran off and got divorced. And so-and-so lost her mind. And I was always talking about this woman. And every time I asked, she was over 50, okay? So there is this sense that mentally something happens in the brain. And I think if we actually understand that your hormonal system controls mental clarity. It controls the way your brain is working. It controls your metabolism. It's controlling everything, your stress management, your immune system. And now you haven't really looked after your body. It's usually somewhere around 50 or 60, something's going to hit you. In fact, what's happening is most people, by the time they get to 30, something's wrong with their body. Okay? Something's wrong with their body. But your adrenal glands produce things like anti-inflammatories. Okay? Your adrenal glands produce... Hormones, I'm going to put just here, sex hormones, because that has to do with reproduction, okay? All the ones the ovaries and the testes do. They produce natural anti-inflammatories. So if, if your body's not producing enough natural anti-inflammatories, you're going to have inflammation. Inflammation like gout, arthritis, fibromyalgia, aches and pains in your body, okay? They produce natural antihistamines. And if you're not producing enough, you're likely to have allergies. Weird allergies. Allergic to strawberries and allergic to cat hair. I was allergic to cat hair and dog hair and house dust and house mites and this and that until I changed my diet. And one of the quickest ways to correct this is to put the right fats in your body. The right fats are not tons of cream and butter in your coffee, oh my word, people are going mad with that. It's not putting, you know, frying everything in fat or eating all the fat off the pork chops or the lamb chops like I used to growing up. 
it's putting plant fats in your diet that have not been heated. Things like olives. Yeah, we've got some dried olives, for example. And what my favorite thing, in fact, it's Mark's favorite thing to do is to <clears throat> take pumpkin seeds. And pumpkin seeds are a great source of fats. Um, we take pumpkin seeds and we mix them with olives. I'll pass them around just now. We mix them together and we've got a great salty snack that's got all these essential fatty acids. Your, your olives contain omega-6s. Your olive oils does. Your nuts and seeds contain omega-6s. Lots of them. Lots of omega-6s, a little bit of omega-3s. We need both. Okay? I'll talk about fish oil in a little while. All right, so we've got to get the right fats in our diets. Olives, nuts, seeds, cold-pressed oils. Flax oil is one of your best sources together with hemp seed oil for your omega-3s. Flax crackers. Those are dehydrated. They've not been heated. They're great to eat as a source of omega-3s. I take flax oil daily, and I found that it helps me tremendously. You can adjust it. We'll talk about the quantities. All right, so we've got to have these adrenal glands need lots of oils, plant oils, and they need lots of vitamin C. But you're not to go and take vitamin C in supplement form because if you do, you're likely to get a stomach ulcer. You don't want a stomach ulcer. Vitamin C in supplement form causes gout, arthritis, kidney stones, stomach ulcers, and osteoporosis. Seriously, that's what the independent research shows. But vitamin C in fresh fruits and vegetables helps these adrenal glands work very well. And that is why one of the reasons when people suffer from adrenal exhaustion going on a raw food diet is the quickest way to help them recover. Because they're eating nuts and seeds and olives and avocados and they're eating lots and lots of raw fruit and salad and vegetables. And they are loaded with vitamin C in a form that your body can process that won't have negative side effects. All the people I've seen recover from adrenal exhaustion do it on a raw food diet. There's just no other way around it. And some of them it's six weeks and some of them it's six months, but they all recover. You can try all these different things and injections here and rest periods over here. And some of it may help to a certain extent, but it never clears up. To get completely healthy and get these adrenal glands working properly, you need a very strict raw food diet. And yes, you need to manage your stress. And yes, you need very small amounts of exercise, moderate. If you start to do hectic exercise and train for something that you can go and run a marathon, your adrenal glands are not recovered enough to handle that. So you've got to pace yourself. But the quickest way to get adrenal glands to recover is with moderate exercise. Your adrenal glands also help control blood sugar. They work with the pancreas. You can't separate it. So very often, I've heard of people, you may have heard of them, they had a shock. Somebody died or they were in a car accident, their hair went gray overnight, and they developed diabetes overnight. That is stress-related. The adrenal glands are hammered. And if you allow the adrenal glands to recover, they do recover. I've actually got a girl who was diagnosed type 1 diabetes in her 40s, and they said, this can't be type 1. You're in your 40s. But her mother had had type 1 diabetes, and they said, well, it's clearly been not very well controlled. She's very slim, very underweight. She's a tiny person. And they said, okay, well, let's try and do all these blood tests and see. And they found the antibodies for type 1 diabetes. They said, you type 1, here's all your injections. Go home and inject yourself five times a day. End of story, there's nothing we can do for you. She phoned me from the hospital. And she said, Marianne, please help me. I followed the natural way and a healthy diet for so many years. I did so well. But my mother died couple of years back and I just went off the rails. My, I've gone through a terrible time in my marriage. 
And my mom died, and all of this stuff was happening at the same time. She said, I just went back to a typical junk diet. It was just too much, and I just went back to eating junk. She said, help me. If I eat properly, will I be able to beat this? And I said, look, I don't know, because I don't know how bad the damage is. But what I do know is that I've dealt with type 1 diabetics who've changed their diet and been able to reduce their insulin from five maximum doses of injections a day down to three times a day injecting the minimum amount. Type 1 and type 2 are different. Okay? Type 2, you usually get type 2 diabetes because you eat badly and you don't exercise and you're overweight. And that's easy to fix with a healthy lifestyle and diet. Type 1 is considered incurable, there's nothing you can do about it, and off you go. Now she's been on a totally raw food, natural diet since she was diagnosed seven months ago. And a month ago she said to me, I am not taking any medication. The doctor says I'm still in the honeymoon period. He can't understand it, but he says it's the honeymoon period. I'm not taking any insulin. <clears throat> My blood sugar is completely stable. I monitor it, and she said, I've even introduced some cooked starches like baked potatoes and brown rice. But she says, Marianne, the one thing that fascinates me is that when I eat fresh fruit, my blood sugar is the most stable. It doesn't fluctuate at all. It's more likely to fluctuate if I have a baked potato or some rice. It'll go up slightly. But it doesn't go out of the range where she needs to use insulin. It's been fascinating. She's been recording all of this. And I said to you, Ingrid, you've got to write a book. But that's the fascinating thing about it, is that her adrenal glands have now recovered from the shock. They're helping the blood, the pancreas, to function more efficiently. And the pancreas, we, immediately we took all dairy products out, because dairy products are the number one cause of type 1 diabetes. They cause an autoimmune response where the body starts to attack the islets of Langerhans, which are the cells that manufacture um, uh, insulin. <clears throat> How are you going to edit that one out? <laughs> I always think about this stuff. Okay, so uh, the cow's milk damages the pancreas and destroys the islets of Langerhans, and they are the cells that produce insulin. So what they find when they're looking for type 1 are those antibodies that destroy the pancreas. And so now what happens is when you take dairy products out, you stop the production of these antibodies that are... Your body's producing antibodies to deal with this foreign protein. Cow's milk was never designed to put in humans' bodies. Okay, We're supposed to go into baby cows, not into humans' bodies. But we eat it, and then we consume it with sugar because we have milkshakes, and we have cakes made with milk, and we have ice cream. It's got sugar in it. And there's always sugar and dairy in something. And so your body goes into a state when your blood sugar plummets down, produces antibodies to attack the protein that's the enemy, except there's no protein in sugar. But what very often comes in with sugar is cow's milk protein. So your body attacks them. Now the problem is that that protein is very similar to protein found in human bodies. And that protein is found in the pancreas. So now you're producing these antibodies against the protein in the cow's milk, but it starts to attack the pancreas. And type 1 diabetes is most common in children that were not breastfed, at least for the first one to two years of their life. If a child is fed cow's milk from an early age, they're more likely to have diabetes in some form or another. So the first thing I say to people is you don't have to go on a totally raw vegan diet to start off with, but I do recommend you remove all dairy products from your diet if you've got any kind of diabetes, type 1 or type 2. And we see that the blood sugar stabilizes a lot quicker once you take the dairy out. Why do we crave dairy products? And I was not only a sugarholic, I was a cheese addict. 
And the number one reason we crave it is we're simply lacking the right essential fatty acids. So when I started to eat avocados, nuts and seeds, olives, I found that I stopped craving cheese. I could walk past the cheese counter without buying one of every kind of cheese. I mean, that's what I used to do. I used to buy, I, my favorite pizza was the one with five cheeses on it. I didn't want five cheeses in different spots because that's what some of the people do. They do these four or five cheeses, and that part has got that cheese, and this part's got that. I wanted layers of cheese. For me, a calzone was the best thing, because then you had an envelope stuffed with cheese, and it oozed out all over the place, and you could lick it off and chew it off. And <clears throat> I haven't had cheese since I went through menopause, because I found that even organic cheese gave me hot flushes. So I had cheese or hot flushes. The cheese lost out, and I upped my intake of natural fats, and my hormonal system just worked properly, and I don't get hot flushes unless I go and put cheese in my body. And I don't want to put cheese into my body because I have no desire to anymore because I'm eating the right fats. So my cells don't crave fats. I don't crave cheese. I can walk right past the cheese counter, and it actually stinks now. It smells rotten, which it is. Cheese is milk, made from milk that's gone rotten. And... All I needed to do was go into a dairy where they made cheese to smell what goes on there. And that was enough to put me off, okay? But the big thing for me is that my health turned around. Now, there's certain things that you can take that can help your hormonal system. You know, you can take flax oil in a supplement. You can take wild yam cream and apply it to the body. Uh, you can take red clover. You can take... Uh, Multimaker that helps your adrenal glands function more efficiently. There are a lot of products that you can take that can help your hormonal system start to function more efficiently. You can start taking medication to help with your hot flushes. You can take antidepressants to help with your premenstrual syndrome that you're suffering from. You can take anti-inflammatories. You can take antihistamines. All of them have side effects. One of the most common side effects of taking hormone replacement therapy is breast cancer. And when you mention it to the doctor, oh, that's nonsense. It was, that was, a, that was a, an error. Or No, they're talking nonsense. I read the newspaper when that huge study came out. It came out, we were living in Stellenbosch. It was about 11 years ago. that said they'd now completed this 50 million woman study. No, it was a woman, sorry. It was a one million woman study and it had gone over a period of 25 to 50 years. And they had now proven, categorically, it was on the front page of the newspaper, that the number one cause of breast cancer is in fact hormone replacement therapy. Those people were screaming about it and making a noise and the doctors were all saying, oh no, it's nonsense, it's nonsense. Why? Because they just prescribed it to somebody. Now, I am not running doctors down. I'm just saying that there is a system out there, doctors study diseases and how to treat them with medicine. So if you have hot flushes, <coughs> sorry, if you have hot flushes or you have um, premenstrual tension or you've got uh, heavy menstrual bleeding, for example, endometriosis or you've got painful periods or you've got blood sugar problems or you've got arthritis or you've got gout, I was standing in P&A today. I had to go and get some folders for the school. And I'm, I'm hearing this woman over the aisle saying, <clears throat> no, 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 no. I found out. She's on her phone. I found out I have arthritis. No, 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 no. I just need to take these pills every day. They can cause some problems, but they'll help me with the pain. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know. I'm not exaggerating. Okay, It was loud. No, 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 no. You know, I'm just grateful that I now know what's wrong with me. And I thought I'd phone you because... 
I knew you were worrying about it like I'm worrying about it. I just want to tell you, I now know what it is, and I know what to do, and the doctor's given me the right pills, and I'm going to be just fine. <laughs> I, I, I kind of did what Renee Zellweger did. I looked over the top of the aisle <laughs> to see who this woman. It was a middle-aged woman, probably not much older than myself. Um, my first reaction was, I need to go and save this woman. I need to help this woman. She's got to understand she doesn't have to do this. And then I realized I've done this many times. Try to drag people kicking and screaming into a healthy lifestyle. It doesn't work. So don't say, you know, to your friend, you should have been there. This would totally have helped you. She didn't want to come because some people like to have something to talk about on the cell phone to their friends. And if you've got nothing of any value, seriously, if you're not doing anything meaningful with your life, your kids have left, your husband's left, Everybody's left, and it's just you and your friends, and now you've got to find something to talk about. Man, if you can talk about yourself. And you know, if you just talk about yourself all day long, and it's about your house and your dog and your cat, people get tired of that. But if you've got a disease, you get a lot of sympathy. <laughs> Everybody feels sorry for you. Oh, shame, you know. She's got arthritis, and she's only 50, and you know, her hands are so sore. Oh, shame, you know. She's got these terrible allergies. Oh, you know she's got adrenal exhaustion. Shame. You've got to ask yourself this one question. Now, I don't believe those people are here tonight anyway because those people don't come to talks like this. But you've got to ask yourself at any time in your life, and if you're getting mad with me, don't, okay? I'm trying to help you. Am I holding on to this problem because it makes me important in people's lives around me? And I'm going to tell you a story about a woman. Many years ago, she came to see me. She had really severe fibromyalgia, okay? She was in pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia. She could not close her hands properly. She was, she was a mess, this woman. She was health-wise an absolute mess. She couldn't get out of bed in the morning. She was a beautiful woman, beautiful woman. She was tall and slim, and she had this lovely hair that she wore up. She came from, she had a lot of money, and she came to see me about her diet. I was in private practice in Johannesburg, and she came to see me. She said, can you help me? I said, yes, I can, but you must help yourself. And every week she came to see me, and I'd help her some more, and I'd say, this is what you need to do. And she just kept getting better and better. She said, I have not felt better like this in 30 years. I haven't felt this good. I can go to gym. I can go for walks. I'm feeling amazing. And off she went. I didn't see her again. And I thought, well, she must just have gone off and been amazing. And very often it happens. I meet somebody tonight. Somebody came up to me and said, please, will you sign my book? I had a health problem. I had some issues. I came here, I sorted my diet out, and I've sorted out my problems. And so I, I may not see you for two years or five years, so I, I think, well, gee, I, I hope that their health has got better and they're fine. So I just hoped, and I saw her years later. She was shuffling like an old person. And I, she caught my eye, and she couldn't look away. And I said, oh, my word, how are you doing? And she said, no, I'm not doing well. And I said, are you still sticking to the program? She said, no. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. When I'm sick, I have attention from my husband and my two sons. And when I'm well, they ignore me completely. The only way to get love and attention from my family is for me to be sick. And that was so sad that this woman needed to feel needed by these other people because that's what her life consisted of. Now, if you have a lot of money, go and help other people because that will give you some sense of worth and purpose. You don't have to be sick. If you don't have any money, then just help other people anyway. You can help people for free. 
Just don't do what another girl did and bought somebody a car and they went off with it. They were a sociopath. Don't be taken up by sociopaths, okay? But honestly, if you can't afford hobbies, you can at least afford to help the people around you, even if it means helping somebody go shopping and carrying their bags. It's free stuff like that. But if we have to find meaning and purpose in our illness, that's really sad. That is really, really sad. And you all know people like this. You meet them. And all they do is talking about this specialist and that specialist. And this guy, I went to this guy and I went to that one and this gastroenterologist and I had pipes stuck in here and pipes stuck up there and they put me on these drugs. And, and you, you walk away thinking, gosh, I'm so grateful that my health is not in that. I feel so sorry for them. And very often you don't think anything more about it. But if you actually think about it, it may be what's keeping them going. Okay, so getting back to things like adrenal exhaustion, they do recover. You don't need to live with it. You don't need to live with allergies. You don't need to live with gout. You don't need to live with arthritis. They can be sort of... I haven't yet found one person who hasn't improved dramatically by changing their diet and lifestyle. Not one. Oh, there are plenty of people who say, this is so hard. I say, oh, which part of it is hard? The eating the raw carrots before you eat the baked potato or the piece of fish that you're eating or the... Which part of this is hard? It's just so hard. But which part is no? It's just I just I can't, I can't do it. I have you actually read the book? I've got the book. I, I've got the book. No, but have you read it? And then they change the subject, and I know they haven't even read the book. It's sitting on their shelf at home because I've met those same people ten years later, and they come to me and they say. Marianne, I bought your book, it's been sitting on my shelf, and I was dying, and I was sick, and I was this, and that, and the next thing, and I tried everything, and I had parts of my body removed, and they've taken out my gallbladder, they've taken out my appendix, and my tonsils, and my ovaries, and my uterus, and this is gone, and they wanted to give me a lobotomy, and I put my foot down at that point. <coughs> they used to do that in the old days. When you got hysterical from premenstrual tension or from going through the menopause, they just removed part of your brain, and you became a zombie. That's true. There are movies about an actress that had stuff like that. You may have had a grandmother who had a lobotomy, and they just become, you have no emotions. I'm really, I'm begging you tonight. I'm begging you. There's not one single thing or condition that you can tell me about tonight that I won't tell you this can be helped. Even when people are in wheelchairs, and they come to me and say, will this help my son if he changes his diet? And I say, does he have a problem with constipation? Oh, yes, he does. Well, change his diet and the constipation will go. Yes, but you know, he's a quadriplegic. I said, I know. And I've seen quadriplegics change their diet and their bowels improve. Now, can I explain it? Is it like the body's peristaltic movement is moving better? What is it? When you feed the body natural, whole foods, mostly plants, at least 75% of the diet is raw, fresh fruits and vegetables, the body responds with improved health. Does it improve overnight? No. And with some people, it can take eight years to get to a point where everything's sorted out. But I've seen that when you start with a little bit over here, you feel a little bit better, and it gets to be more and more and more, and eventually the entire body is working the way it's designed to work. I've had people who have been obese all their lives, my one friend is, comes from a well-known sporting family. Her father said, I'll give you a car when you turn 18 if you lose weight. And she said she got so mad she went and ate more junk because she felt like her father just didn't love her. He just wanted her to be perfect like him. And he does love her. 
He always has loved her. But he was trying to motivate her. And it wasn't the right thing for her. She finally decided to get healthy. And that's why I tell people, stop focusing on losing weight. Focus on getting healthy because then your thyroid starts to work properly. Your metabolism's right. Your water retention's right. Your muscle tone improves and your body starts to become a better shape. Stop focusing on the weight. Don't focus on the one thing that's wrong with you. Focus on overall health. If I get the good fats into my diet, if I get the right foods into my diet, it'll make a difference. Get healthy. I want to get healthy overall because if you're treating the one symptom over here, whether it's your digestive problem or your menopausal problem or your something else problem, if you're treating that with medication, something else is going to go wrong. The arthritis will flare up and you may be like the woman in the shop saying, oh yes, I found out I have arthritis. I just have to take this pill. I've seen people take those pills. It doesn't help. I've seen them. They're on gold injections, methotrexate. They're taking this, that, and the next thing, and their hands become like claws. They can't even drive a car anymore. I've seen 13-year-old boys whose knees are fused. They can't bend anymore because he's got juvenile arthritis. We changed the diet, and the physiotherapist says, I've never seen such movement in this child's legs. Never. <clears throat> And the mother decides she doesn't want to do it anymore. It's too hard. I feel sorry for him when we go to the wedding and he can't eat any cake because it's got gluten in. And you don't feel sorry for him when he walks with pain like this? Maybe you like nursing this child and you don't want to let go of him. I'm being hard tonight for a reason. It's more fun being healthy. It's not fun being in pain. Don't stay in pain or suffer because you're trying to get sympathy from somebody. That's sad. Life is better than just getting some sympathy and attention from the person next to you. I actually want to weep when I hear people say stuff like this, okay? What foods are at the top of the list of hormonal foods, anything that contains natural fats or vitamin C. I can't tell you one food. It could be red peppers with somebody, tomatoes with another. Oh, they give me arthritis. No, they won't give you arthritis if they're ripe and if they're raw. Maybe if you're eating lots of cooked tomatoes, they're acidic, but a raw tomato is always alkaline in your body. The pineapple is going to do this. Oranges I can't do. If you find your condition is aggravated by a particular natural food in the beginning, just exclude it for a while, okay? If you find you have an allergic reaction to bananas, exclude them for a while and start getting the natural fats into your diet. Take one to three tablespoons of flax oil or a blend of flax oil. The best I know of is the Amiga in the capsules, which we don't have. We, oh, no, we do have Amigas. We do. I thought we were sold out. We got some more in today. <coughs> Uh, Amigas, eat flax seeds. I mean, I've, I've, I've done a whole lot of things here. I'm going to put the mic down now, Meredith. Can I just talk like this? Or must I carry on with the mic? You don't need this at all. Oh, okay. All right. You're going to have to listen. I'll come to the front again. Okay. I'm going to answer your questions. So don't panic. Where are my scissors? Scissors. I can't find my scissors. Listen, you're just going to have to all deal with the fact that my hands are in here and your hands are going to go in here too, okay? <laughs> Sorry for you.
If you need to go to the toilet or need to leave, I don't have a problem. If you want to taste, here's a snack that I like to eat. This is a savory snack. Pass it around. Men find that the, pump, the oils in the pumpkin seed helps with prostate gland. By the way, women don't have a prostate gland. It's not a prostrate gland. Nobody's lying prostrate. It's a prostate gland. I went into a health shop once, and this woman said to me, it was years ago, it's what really motivated me to get into the whole health thing even more, was the nonsense that people spoke. It was in Randburg in Sandlam Center before <coughs> it, it went the way that it was a normal shop. It was like Santon City for everybody before there was a Santon City. And I walked in, this woman said, oh, you must take this new supplement we've just got in. It helps with your prost prostrate, she said, with your, prost no, yeah, my, your prostrate gland. And I looked at her and I thought, is this woman actually joking? And I looked at her to see if she's laughing. And I said, are you kidding? And she said, no, this is the best thing ever. You must take it. And I looked at her and I thought, well, let's see how far this can go. I said, no, I've had a hysterectomy. Oh, shame. She says, you don't need it then. <laughs> She's trying to sell it to me for my prostrate. I'm like, this is the kind of information you get from health shops, okay? Now, some people have studied it a little bit more. It's part of the reason I started a nutrition course as well, a health course, because I wanted people to actually understand. One of the most important aspects of our health is if you understand this endocrine system, you'll understand why we get sick in any area. It controls immunity. It controls lung function, liver function, heart function, blood circulation, mental clarity. I've spoken about all this stuff. The entire reproductive system. It's involved in everything. You can't discount this. Anything you do to your body is going to be good or bad for the system. Okay? So that's one of the things we can do. Eat more nuts and seeds. Okay? Legumes. Eat hummus. It's got chickpeas in it. If you don't like beans, eat chickpeas. Okay? Nuts, you can make cashew mayonnaise. These recipes are on Facebook page. You can make this basil pesto instead of cheese in here. And I'm leaving it up here. You can all come and have some flax crackers afterwards. Basil pesto. Flax crackers is flax seeds that have been blended all together with our veg stock and dehydrated. And it's like a healthy provita because it's high in protein. If you're on the banting program, you can eat these. They're really good for you. <laughs> Listen. I found as I've got older that I'm better off eating less carbohydrates like potatoes and rice, especially once you go over 40. But my body does not respond to high protein. And how do I know that? Because when I was in my mid-20s, I did the Atkins diet. I ate cheese and peanut butter and bacon all together at the same meal. My breath stank. I had heavy menstrual bleeding. I thought I was going to die. And it took years to correct because I'd been on this high-protein diet for some time. I felt like I lost my mind mentally. It was at the time that I was diagnosed as being bipolar. I didn't take the medication. I changed my diet. <clears throat> and I haven't suffered from depression until yesterday. Yesterday I had a depressed day. I said to Mark, I'm depressed. Everybody said, how are you? I said, I'm depressed. And they were like, what? <laughs> we, can't, we don't believe you. And I said, yes, I'm depressed. I had no idea why I'm depressed. I'm depressed. We did a hell of a ride on Sunday in the wind. It was a hard, windy. We came down into Roy Els and we hit a wall of wind like this. And I just think it was like pumping too much adrenaline because the cars and the bikes are whizzing by and it's dangerous, man. It's dangerous going on that road, but it's beautiful at the same time. I don't know why we did that. I came back and I just felt like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to ride the Argus. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. 
Mark's like, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm depressed. I want to kill myself. <laughs> I understand why you said we just need to go to heaven. Why do we have to live here? But you know what? This morning, I went to bed early last night. I read the story of Gideon to my granddaughter, and I said, I needed that story. Read the story of Gideon in the Bible. Interesting story. And then I read this morning in 1 Peter chapter 5. See, God helps me, okay, about casting all your cares on God. Sometimes we just get so overwhelmed with our family and stuff, and you, you take all this stuff back. I need tissue, something. Serviette. Can you grab me a serviette? Is there a serviette somewhere? I'm just feeling really, really... Oh, I need those tissues. Where are they? There we go. That's what I want. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's getting really... These lights are really, really hot. But I always give people advice on depression. I say, go and exercise. It's the quickest way. And yesterday, I didn't exercise because it was so windy and I was irritated with the wind and I didn't start off right in the morning. I went for a run this morning I didn't talk to my husband all the way there and all the way back. I wasn't fighting with him. I just didn't feel like talking to anybody. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. When I got back, I felt a lot better. But 1 Peter 5 helped me because it says, cast all your cares on God for he cares for you. And I did that. I said, okay, God, I'm depressed. I don't know why. I've had enough of everybody. Here my cares are. Sumerese <laughs> so is clapping for me. <laughs> my mother said something to me in the car. I picked her up this morning and she said something to me and she said you know I really have to blame you for this and I looked at her and I said mom stop right there stop right there I don't want to hear this I'm depressed <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> she went <laughs> my mom can complain about a lot of stuff okay I said I'm sorry for all the bad things I've done to you my whole life I'm sorry I never drank or smoked or partied or did a whole lot of things that everybody else seems to do, but somehow I missed out on all that stuff because I didn't want to do it, okay? I'm sorry for being such a terrible daughter. Will you forgive me? She says, yes, I will. I said, right, now we've got a clean slate. You don't have to tell me how bad I am anymore. <laughs> They're a different generation very often at that age, eh? Hey? Oh, gosh, these lights are loud. Am I bad? You better take this part off. My mother will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Amiga, here we go. These are the ones that work the best for me, okay? The other things that are nice to eat, we've got some coconut in there. This is my favoriteest thing of all time to eat, is this. Gluten-free muesli. It's got coconut and pumpkin seeds and flax seeds and chia seeds and uh, cranberries and goji berries and all the things that are really good for the hormonal system. But I don't... I can just eat this dry like this, okay? And we've got some little buckies there for you. You can have them in there. All put in there. We've got more in there. What I'm going to do quickly, quick, 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 is just quickly make you some banana milk. You can pour banana milk over that. If you're wanting cereal, this is the best way to do it. Just take the banana, throw it in there with some water, and blend it all up. Okay? Banana milk. Look 
you pour that over your cereal in the morning if you want it. Or you can make a berry milk or a nut milk. I mean, I often make nut milks. You've all seen me make smoothies and shakes and stuff like that. But you can take coconut up. You can put coconut in here and berries, and I'll make a berry smoothie. We've got some berries there. Coconut flakes. Mixed berries. My favorite, personal favorite is um, strawberries, but we we'll stick that in there and we need some honey. Honey, honey. Okay, huh? oh, okay, 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 okay. I need some honey. Well, I'll just use this one. Ha, there's my pair of scissors. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm thinking if I use the back of it, I could scrape it out. Ah, that's what I mean. No. All right, we need some honey. And no, the honey doesn't make me depressed. Uh, this is a is a is to go on top of my muesli in the morning. I'm going to pass that round. You can look at it, and I put some in the little buckies there for you. this to pour this over I usually put an extra nuts in there but I haven't done that because I just wanted to make it without nuts tonight um, so I'll take a bowl and have my muesli in there and I may add some fresh fruit in there Mark loves putting bananas in it I'm not a banana lover so I'll have frozen cherries that's my best and then I found out frozen cherries actually contain anti-inflammatory properties and they actually have been found and proven they've shown had studies that cherries and cherry juice actually helps with arthritis amazing so that's probably why I don't ever get aches and pains because I'm eating all these cherries all the time they can make you a bit gassy cherries but who cares they taste so delicious all right so that goes on top of the muesli like I would pour it on there or I just eat the muesli raw like that okay um, anything with berries is loaded with antioxidants and loaded with vitamin C So, even frozen berries have a certain, still have a relatively high level of vitamin C. 
And you can taste it when you're eating them. You can still that slight acidy taste. <clears throat> coming a lot of that's coming from the vitamin c in there so don't think that just because it's frozen you're not going to eat it but fresh berries are actually great as well obviously pineapple but very often i mean i've had times where i've been traveling for example and i've got a packet of that stuff with me and i'll just open it up and eat it straight out of the packet and then eat some strawberries when i find a punnet of strawberries somewhere and put the vitamin c in it but it's got all those little seeds in with all that wonderful stuff in it we actually grind that whole mixture up and it does, we make the recovery bars and the endurance bars out of it. These over here. That's that with beetroot in it, beetroot powder, ready beet powder. That's what I take. But what I do take every single morning, without fail, I take my barley life, okay? The reason I take barley life is because it's sprouted green grass and sprouted greens, eating sprouts, and taking sprouted green grains, like wheat cross juice, for example, as well. I take the barley life because it's about five to eight times higher in nutrients than wheat grass juice. And I take barley life specifically because the nutrient levels are much higher than anything else I've looked at. If somebody came out with something with a higher nutrient level, I would take it. And somebody will say, oh, but it costs more than blah, blah, blah make. And I'll say, blah, blah make has got pure barley grass in it. They didn't take the juice out of it, so you're getting 98% fiber and 2% nutrients. This is the juice that's been extracted and spray dried. They sprout it just to the right level. It's about 15 centimeters high. That's when the nutrients are at the highest level. Then they harvest it. Then they extract the juice and they spray dry it at room temperature. But what they've got in there, and it's absolutely fascinating, is what's called a vitamin E succinate. And I read the studies. It's how I got involved with it. People kept trying to sell me this green juice and that green juice and barley grass juice and barley life, and I was like, give me independent research. And finally somebody came to me, the study done at the University of Southern California, which showed that in sprouted barley grass, you have a very high level of vitamin E, a precursor to vitamin E. It's called a vitamin E succinate. And what that does is it had a very profound effect on the pituitary gland, that gland over there. And that's your managing director of the hormonal system. So I've actually found that for me, I've tried lots of different natural things. I find multi-maca helps. It's a tablet you can take with maca and pygium, tribulus terrestris, pygium africanum. It's got a whole lot of roots, fruits, and barks in it. That does help. And royal jelly helps. And certain things help. Renewed balance. But the thing that's actually helped me the most with hormones on every single level has been the barley life. I've gone off it for a couple of months at a time, and that was when my hot flushes were at the worst. And I thought, well, it's because I'm under stress and I'm this, that, and the next thing. And in the middle of the stressful period, I started taking my barley again. And within three or four days, it was just nothing. No more hot flushes, no more hormonal imbalances. So it made a huge difference. So I don't go without it. I travel everywhere with it. I take the barley grass with me. I take the beetroot juice and the carrots, because the carrots helps with the lungs and the skins. The beets helps with not only the iron levels, but beets help with endurance. There's lots of studies now that beets are one of the best things for endurance. So I take that and I take the Amiga capsules and I don't go anywhere without them. I went to Pretoria, I took them with me. I go to America or I go on a plane somewhere and I will mix the three powders in one thing and I will put it in a bottle on the plane and that will be the only thing that I eat or drink on a plane. That and water. I don't eat or drink anything else because I don't want jet lag. And when I get there, jet lag comes because you're feeding your body. It's strange. Your body's totally out of balance and you're going to have it breakfast when you would have actually been at been 2 o'clock in the morning and you wouldn't eat at that time anyway. So if you don't eat when you're flying overseas, you correct your body clock and then you only eat when you land there and your body clock's in that time zone and then you don't get jet lag. So 
But wherever I go, I take it with me. I can order it when I'm in America. I can order it because that's where it comes from. In the UK, I can get it. In Australia, I can get it. But anywhere else, you're going to have to take it. Have you ladies wearing these Holston sandals too? Are those Holstons? Joan has 18 pairs of those shoes. <laughs> yeah, holy macaroni. I now recognize the Holstons. Oh, no, I've got three at home. No, these Similar. You've got three at home. I'm not asking how much they cost. She said to me, it's not that much, Marianne. I know somebody who imports them and I get them at a better price. <laughs> no, you're right. Okay, <clears throat> right. They're very pretty shoes. Okay, right, so when I travel, that's what I take. But I would never, if I could only afford two things, I'd take Amiga and Bali Life, and that's it. I would not miss out on it. I've seen people try other grasses and always come back to the barley because the nutrient levels are higher. Why? Because they grow it in a specific way. They grow it to a certain height. They only harvest at peak midday because the antioxidant levels are at the highest level. That means that vitamin, C sustenate, vitamin E sustenate is at a higher level. They then spray dry it at room temperature, and that's basically, they stabilize it with the maltodextrin from brown rice to stop it oxidizing. It's pointless going and spray drying it and the thing oxidizes sitting in the shelf, sitting on the shelf. So to stop the oxidization, that's what they do. And it's not a lot, but it stops the oxidization, okay? So those are two things I would not go. That's where I'd start. I'd start with one thing I haven't mentioned, and that is gluten. I didn't mention much of it. But I find that gluten has a very negative effect on the hormonal system and will encourage things like arthritis, hot flushes, weight gain, because it appears, it's again, it's this autoimmune response. We produce antibodies against this protein because we usually have it with sugar. Think of wheat and oats. Oats with sugar as kids and wheat in biscuits and cookies, all with sugar. And now we produce antibodies against the protein. We produce antibodies against gluten. It's similar to human protein. And now every time we have gluten, we get this strange autoimmune reaction. And very often, that is stemming from a hormonal system out of balance. Thyroid does not like gluten at all. If you've got a thyroid problem, take the gluten out. You've got inflammatory conditions, take the gluten out. You've got blood sugar problems, take the gluten out. Gluten and dairy are the two things I would take out. Everything else is kind of still manageable. And refined sugar, of course. <clears throat> yeah. Caffeine does affect the endocrine system because you're knocking those adrenal glands. Caffeine just whacks your adrenal glands, okay? Just hits them. If you've got adrenal problems, stop with the stimulants. Anything that stimulates alcohol is like refined sugar. Whacks the body. I'm sorry, we live in the Western Cape. I know you want the glass of wine. But decide, do I want a hormonal system that works properly or the glass of wine? For me, I can't touch alcohol. It makes me crazy, so I don't have it. But I've also discovered that refined sugar and alcohol do the same thing. They upset my endocrine system. So if I want to be healthy, I exclude them. I've seen people take out, you know, the gluten and the dairy and the sugar, and they have an odd glass of wine. It does nothing. They have an odd glass of coffee. It does nothing. But, you know, if you're going to finish a glass of bo bottle of wine every night and you're going to have 10 cups of coffee a day... <coughs> Don't come and ask me for help. I can't help you because you're not helping yourself. At the end of the day, you can go out of here and say, oh, interesting talk and do nothing and nothing will change. But try it out for six to 12 weeks and then say, this doesn't actually work. Then you can say, I've exercised, I got my sunlight, I took the gluten out, I took the dairy out, I took the refined sugar out, taken the green stuff, <clears throat> I'm exercising every day for 20 minutes or more and I feel terrible. After 12 weeks, if you still feel like that, then um, what will I do? 
I'm giving you a free lunch for four people and I'll, I'll actually like write you an apology and say I'm really sorry. But you have to be truthful and tell me you stuck to it for 12 weeks. Because it takes about 12 weeks for that hormonal system. After about two to three weeks, there's a change. You'll start to notice a change. Your hormonal system won't be totally sorted out after 12 weeks, but it'll be a long way to being sorted out. At least 50 to 99% sorted out. I haven't yet seen anybody's hormonal system not get sorted out from doing that. It works. Have you got any questions? Yes. Mental clarity brain. gone with the thyroid. Yeah, the brain fog has come down. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sugar lover. Uh, not um, oats. oats. Okay. Kind of oats? No, you know, this gluten-free oats story, I actually phoned these companies. I said, so what are you doing to the oats to remove the gluten? No, nothing. We just don't process it in a factory that, where there's wheat or a rye. <laughs> like, What? As long as you don't process or pack the oats in a place where wheat and rye and other gluten products, there's no gluten in it. So I'm sorry for you, but you've actually got this wrong. Oats do contain gluten. It's a slightly different shape or form to what you find in wheat. So a lot of people have a gluten intolerance to wheat and to rye, for example, but they seem to not react as badly to oats. Now, I'm like that. I don't react as badly, which means that if I have... Wheat today, I'll gain a kilogram by tomorrow. That's how my body works. My skin will be dry and I'll be constipated. Uh, if I have oats, I'll gain 300 grams. <clears throat> Not that I weigh myself anymore, but I'll feel like I'm retaining water. And I'm, I'll find my stomach won't work as well, but it's still kind of okay. It's not as bad as wheat. And my skin will be dry, but not as dry. It's an interesting thing. Mark has always gets like a pimple on his nose if he has anything with gluten in it. And he used to have terrible skin when I met him. He used to have things all over his skin. It was horrible. But I looked past that and saw his heart. <laughs> but as his diet got it sorted out, so his skin cleared. But he'd still get these pimples on the thighs of his legs. And he'd get them on his tummy. And he'd get them on his nose. It was the weirdest thing. And then we took gluten out of our diet and they just all went away. And the other day, I asked him to taste one of the oat, I asked him to add, not one, three little oat things that I'd made at the cookery dam. We had the three oat goodies that we made, or two oat goodies. And I said, taste these and taste that, and what do you think? And he's, oh, this is delicious. And he had two or three of these little things. And two days later, pimple on the nose, and three little pimples on his tummy. <laughs> so it's an interesting thing that he responds, but it would have been worse if he'd had wheat. It was very, very interesting. You get things like cracked heels from gluten intolerance, pimples on the backs of your arms, skin, any skin problems, you take gluten out of the diet. So, yes. I drink river's tea. Yes. With a little bit of honey, but I do like to put a little bit of milk yes. in that. I, I, I try to obviously get rid of all the dairy products Okay, what can you replace the milk in the little bit of rooibos tea with a little bit of honey? She doesn't have any dairy. What can she replace it with? Because she wants to get all the dairy out, but she just can't drink her rooibos with no tea. One of the best things is to do is to um, use cashews or almonds and make cashew or almond milk. Almonds and cashews are both delicious and creamy. You cash cashews, you get a, a creamier taste. 
that if you want a thinner taste almonds, take the skins off. If you don't want little bits, unless you've got a Vitamix and it grinds it up and it's not so bad, it's just not so creamy, okay? Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> Putting nut milk in your tea. <laughs> she's not allowed to tell. It's a private joke. I see she's laughing with her hand over her mouth, which means I can't tell, okay. The best way to do this is to just pour it in an ice tray and you just take out one ice cube at a time. That's the best way and it can keep it in your fridge for months. So that's honestly the best way to do it. Your nut milks are really nutritious and you don't have to have that much but it gives you the creaminess. It does do that. So yeah, With cereals and stuff, banana milk's delicious, fruit milks are great, even fruit juice. I can take series mango juice, it's delicious over that um, muesli because it's got a kind of smoothness to it, kind of a milky texture, the mango juice. You can take a ripe mango and blend it and make a mango, mango milk. It's delicious. Do you encourage the use of coconut milk? Do I the use of coconut milk? If you can get it with no preservatives in. And I'm not totally obsessed with it and you've got to have it every day and coconut oil and you've got to have the coconut oil. And you've got coconut is good for us, okay? I really think the most important thing you can do is listen to your body because this thing of having to have coconut oil every day and having to eat coconut every day, I think if you listen to your body, my body tells me I need to eat coconut every day. So every morning I have my muesli with my cherries and my smoothie on top of that and honestly I cannot eat the whole day. I can eat that and then later on I can have a side plate of salad or something and I'm fine. I mean it really gets, keeps me going. And of course, with all the little chia seeds and the flax seeds in your stomach, it works beautifully. Um, but it tastes delicious. So the ladies had left early, they didn't take their muesli with them. But um, take it, and there's spoons over there. So that's, you listen to your body. If you hate coconut, can't stand it, don't like the smell of it, then get your fats from somewhere else. There are saturated fats in all nuts and seeds in smaller amounts. So to say we've got to eat coconut because it's got lauric acid in it and lauric acid does this and that and it helps with the hormonal system. Yes, it does, but you'll find that in a, in a lot of the nuts and seeds. In small quantities, but you'll find it. Listen to your body. You'll go after pistachios one day and another day. As long as you're listening and you're not going for the salty nuts. So sometimes it may be macadamias, another time cashews, another time almonds. My body's most comfortable with almonds, but when I started out, I couldn't stop eating macadamia nuts. Love them. But I love macadamia nuts now once a year. I like bananas. I'll eat them once a year. My body doesn't enjoy bananas. It's a weird thing. I can eat one once a year, and then I'm like, it's about once a year, every eight months once a year, and then I'm fine. But Mark can eat three bananas. James, how many bananas can you eat in a day? Twelve? <laughs> Just try and accept it. You could buy two bunches of bananas. I think he could eat it if, you, if we let him. With peanut butter. All right. You're welcome to go. Please help yourself to things as you go here. Some flax crackers. Let me put it over here. Pop it over there. I, I'm happy to answer questions. Thank you. I'm happy to answer questions if you've got any more. But I know you need to get home and people are thinking you have been had rocks thrown at you or something. Just pop that down on the table. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Heating, um, baking your own seed crackers and heating yeah. them in the oven for 30 minutes to bake them. How much does the heat destroy the seeds? What's the temperature? 
160 is not bad. With flax crackers, it's bad. With flax crackers, you can't eat at all. Not even for one second. Yeah. Yeah. Flax crackers should never be heated and because the oil. What temperature does it have? Uh, goes up to. Maker. I wonder if I could make it in there. You could make it in the Baltong maker. Um, Baltong makers probably get to about 40, 50 degrees. Okay, so can yeah. you spread them nice yeah, yeah, and yeah, flat? Yeah, yeah. 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 so put them on a flat silicone you want to try that? sheet mm. and pop them in there. Okay. Tell me if the Baltong maker works. Oh my, I've got my nephew's Baltong maker in the shed. Okay. He's gone to Abu Dhabi and I looked at this and I thought, I wonder if I could use it as a dehydrator. I'm going to try. It's for the Baltong. Yeah, try it. Thank you. It was really informative. Thank you. I have another question. You? When we get to 50 and 52, then they say, well, you're going to have to put colonoscopy. Your opinion on that? They just want to make money out of you, and they know you got more money when you get older. No really? Why? They want to look at your... Yeah, have you got I've digestive problems? You go to the doctor for a diagnosis when there is a problem. It smells, or it's painful, or it's, but to go and have even... Pap smears on mm. an annual basis when there's no smell or discharge or discomfort, Why? and you're not using. Why bother? It, you know, it's like a huge industry. The biggest industry in the world is the medical industry. They make the most money out of everybody. So, why go and do things that are really uncomfortable? It's very invasive, but it's very kind of. I find it very undignified. Yes, because they damage the colon when they're doing it. Yeah. You're supposed okay. to stick things up there. You'll know. If your stools are not as thin as your forefinger, if you want to know how big your stool should be, raise your right finger. <laughs> That's thick they should be, and they should not float, as Dr. Harry Seftel says. They should actually kind of break up when they hit the water. And if they're not like that, you're not eating enough plant food. It's just that simple. Plant food, enough fruit and vegetables. Eat enough fruit and vegetables, they're that size, they're not thicker than that. If they're thicker than that, they're going to cause a bit of stretching, a bit of pain, a bit of discomfort. But then they'll come right if you sort it out. If you take gluten out, it sorts it out quickly. Gluten just like holds it in the colon forever, man. It's just... What I found very interesting what you were saying is the vitamin C supplements. Yeah. They actually cause arthritis. Yes, it can. I've been taking vitamin C supplements for the last three years. Have you got arthritis? Well, I'm suffering with serious pains. Yeah, take them out and take some flax oil, rather. I didn't realize. Yeah. I thought I was doing a good thing. Every morning I took my vitamin C powder. The, the thing is, it's what we're all told. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only one I trust. Uh, <laughs> and the... Starting the raw food diet, because yes. my diet is really bad. I love my glass of wine, camembert cheese, some crackers. My diet is really bad, and I'm very worried about it. So I'm seriously wanting to change. But now to get my alkaline level right, will it? do I have to just go onto the raw food? Don't worry about no. anything. What you do is get on the 100 days to help. Okay. 100 days is the online program. For those of you who want to know where to start with this, just by the way, I didn't tie it up nicely for you at the end, and it happens when I get distracted. The 100 Days to Health can really help you get going and increase the amount of alkaline plant foods in your diet without creating this, like, I've got to give up this, I've got to give up this, I've got to mm. give up. It gives you 100 days of slow change so that at the end of the 100 days you find, oh, I don't actually feel like that anymore. I don't, I don't really need it anymore. So instead of focusing on giving stuff up, you focus on 
adding more of the good stuff mm -hmm. and you're adding more exercise and it's giving you recipes so you've got recipes like can you get reminded oh the banana milk I thought I'd do that now I know what she's mm -hmm. talking about so you work through that that's the best way to actually get going and that's just online it's just so easy you get the emails every day you get encouraged you shouldn't get depressed ever reading those emails <laughs> I should send them to myself hey <laughs> <laughs> in fact, when I read them, and I have to go back and read my books every now and again just to check that they're right, I get so motivated and inspired. I'm like, I can't believe I wrote this. That's the question I actually wanted to ask you. I've got a few of your books. Some of us have been keen to go this way, but never been convicted in this um, Now you've gone back to your books and you've been proud of that. And you still stand by all your old books. Totally. All I did with the original natural way. I added stuff to them, and I made things more clear. In perfect health, I, I took the old books, went through them, and I thought, what has changed, what's improved? And what I found was that there were things I didn't answer in the book. And I remember, I got all the letters that people have written me over the years. Like, what do I do when I take the cow's milk out? What do I replace it with? I didn't go into enough detail. So now I've got the recipes. Yeah, so I've added more. So the book's thicker, and there's an extra chapter in it, and the recipes are updated. So... I, I, I've got more practical side of it. In the beginning it was more information, now the, the information, plus a bit more, plus more practical side. And that's what 100 days came out as well. The practical side is really great and perfect time. So, yeah. Oh, see that cools it down, eh? Lots are hot in there, isn't it? Sure. I have a question that you don't. Yeah, you can go. I'm just interested in one. For about three or four months, I had um, my tooth. I thought that I needed a filling, and it was sensitive to cold and stuff. And when I started on raw, it went away. Not completely, I can still feel it, but I can feel something. Is it because. Um, the store is almost full. Done.